Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Bank UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Bank UK family and stay tuned. Hi and thank you for joining me on the Relax Bank UK show this week. First off today, two very interesting people, Janet Street Porter and Eamon Holmes, with something in common. But what is it? You really don't want to go to it. It was one of the most unpleasant few weeks of my life and it's hard to describe to people just how uh, appalling the pain is and how little you can actually do about it. It's shingles. There's information on exactly what it is, but more importantly, information on how you might avoid it. Then Dr. Roger Henderson, he's a GP and health broadcaster with many years experience, talks about skin. Um, we've got about uh, 11 miles of blood vessels in it. And, and here's the kicker, it weighs about nine pounds. He tells us all about skin with special emphasis on eczema and psoriasis. So please do, do stay tuned for an informative and great show with some fantastic guests. Thank you. The first guests today are Janet Street Porter and Eamon Holmes, both very well known. They've been in the public eye uh, for a long time. The topic is shingles. But I started by saying to Janet Street Porter that I thought I remembered her from seeing her on TV laying into someone who'd blocked a footpath. So I asked, was that you? Yes, it probably was me because I was president of the Ramblers for four years and uh, I did go on television a lot during that time. Uh, ranting on about footpaths being blocked by landowners. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Mike, I still walk. I still am a member of the Ramblers Association. I'm still passionate about footpaths. Well, I, I walk a lot and I look, I like footpaths. But And I do remember thinking when I was watching this, uh, and he was a thoroughly nasty little man. He deserved all he got. But I, well, I, that's I, it. I remember thinking, God, I'm, I, I'm glad she's on my side as a footpath user. Yeah, exactly, exactly, because the thing is, I'm fighting for your right to roam, so, you know, that's it. If I see a blocked footpath, I'm still furious. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, I can can feel the fury coming over the airwaves uh, 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 as as we speak. And so, Eamon, we've, we've chatted about this topic, shingles, before. It was about a year ago. But I think a lot's happened to you since then. You've had an operation and a fall and you've been kind of in a bit of a bad way. So how, how are you now? Correct. I had uh, have legs that don't work. I had a shoulder that didn't work for, for a while because I, I fell down the stairs. So uh, it's been it's been hard times and it could lead me directly to having shingles again because it's one of the things that uh, the trigger factor is stress. And you can have it more than once, as Janet has had. You've had it more than once. Yeah, I got it. I got shingles first. Uh in my late thirties or early forties, when I was doing more or less what I'm doing now, I was doing a couple of TV shows a week, you know, a late night one and an early morning, uh, early evening one. I was doing a newspaper column. I was just working the way I work now. And I think I let stress build up a lot. And then I got this rash that started tingling and I had no idea what it was the first time. And then it started spreading and the pain was absolutely intolerable. I mean, absolutely intolerable. People talk about the pain of shingles, but I think 
people that haven't experienced it find it hard to kind of really understand because essentially it's a rash. So, you know, how can a rash be painful? Kind of uh, describe to us how, how that works. Yeah, I would like to say the thing about the shingles is it's in a straight line. Well, it's in a line. The rash is not a big uh blob on your body. It's not spread out. It's in a distinct line. And the, the most important thing, it's the nerve endings that are absolutely tingling so that to the level that you can't even have clothing touch them. Right. Well, you see, Janet, um, Mike, from, uh, both Janet and I have had shingles, but not at the same time and not at the same parts of her body. Janet had it round her waist, as I understand yeah. it, Janet, and I had it on my face. And again, it's one side of your face or the other. So, um, I was like Quasimodo at, at one stage and it is particularly dangerous if it is around your eyes, which mine was. And the timing of mine was, was horrendous as well because it was my eldest lad getting married, first one in the family, uh, getting married. And, um, this was two days before his, uh, ceremony. And, uh, obviously I'm thinking of the, family pictures and all that sort of thing. And I wasn't the best example to be, you know, set to be father of the groom uh, there that day. So uh, it it brings back bad memories for me. And so in in your case, actually, didn't, didn't the rash, didn't the rash get infected as well, which caused, you know, potential real danger to your eyesight? Um, I can't remember about it being infected, but it just was dangerous. It was subterous. It was, um, it was like large cold sores and, um, it just was, it just looked really, really awful. And it, it was weeping, it was weeping. Maybe that was the infection. I don't know, but, um, you get these antiviral tablets and you get creams and things. And certainly in my case, Janet, it took two weeks to, to clear up. What about you? Yeah. The first time I had it, I started scratching it, which was fatal. So I, um, started scratching at it and then I had the scabs and the doctor said to me, you have shingles. You must not touch it. Uh, you must stop work, stop all your work and rest. Well, that wasn't possible because I'd signed contracts to work, but I did stop everything that wasn't what I essential. Um, the rash itself, uh, eventually went after about four weeks, I got through it, but then uh, quite a lot of people who have shingles have this uh, secondary after effect, uh, which is herpetic neuralgia, where the nerve endings continue to be painful for weeks on end. The rash is gone. Right. Did you? So did you have that? No, I didn't. The second time I got shingles was yeah. in 2012. And this is a bit spooky because you can't actually catch shingles from someone. You're likely to get shingles. Uh, you're more likely to get it if you've had chicken pox and they tell, they've told Eamon and I there's a one in four chance of getting shingles. Because most people have had chicken pox. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. uh, so the second, second time I got it, uh, when I was doing loose women and one of the presenters, uh, Andrew McLean, she got shingles. And then Jane Moore, another presenter, stayed off work because she had shingles. It's completely unusual. And then I actually got it and right. um, didn't have it as badly the second time. It was on the side of my body. 
it was nowhere near as bad as the first time. But again, I had to stop work and calm down for a couple of weeks. So, so the, the virus kind of lurks in your body from when you have chicken pox and then at some point kind of erupts. And it, does, yeah, ex- exactly. And does anyone know what, what brings that on? Is it, I mean, the way you've been talking, aging, you were, aging you were brings it on, stress. stress brings it on. Uh, if you're over 50 years of age, you're, you're, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Your susceptibility increases. And if you have a very weakened immune system, all danger factors. Yeah, that's why a lot of older people who are already uh, recovering from one serious illness, like pneumonia, for example, shingles is a danger that you could then uh, have shingles as you recover from pneumonia because your immune system is compromised and you're not at your strongest which is why, you know, we're doing this to encourage everybody who's uh, eligible to get signed up, to go on the Shingles website, read about Shingles, find out all about it, how to identify it, and see if you're eligible for a vaccination. Yeah, and right. if you're over 50 or if you've turned 65 from the 1st of September this year or you're already between 70 and 79, you will be eligible for uh, a free NHS shingles vaccination. There is a website from GSK, uh, which is getshinglesready.co.uk, and that will uh, tell you the signs to look out for and what to do if you do contract it. Okay, so there's a, a, vaccin- a vaccination is uh, available. Is that that must be relatively new? Because I don't think you mentioned that last time, Eamon. We were chatting about shingles. No, all these things are new. All these developments, yeah, they happen. It's an ever evolving situation as is the the nhs's policy towards it yeah and is it is it a vaccination that needs boosters or you know do you need it every year because presumably because the virus is inside you it's not like changing like the flu it's kind of so does one shot work forever one shot works for most people yes have you both had the shot now no i haven't but i i would have absolutely no objection about getting it Okay. I had I had a vaccination some years ago, so I'm going to have it again because I'm 76 years old, so I'm eligible. Yeah, I thought um, I thought, well, look, I've got this once; it's not going to come back, but it but it has every chance of coming back. And um, I think it's something. I think you'd agree with me, Janet, that it's, you don't want to get it, do you? No, you don't want to get it. You really don't want to get it. It was one of the most unpleasant few weeks of my life, and it's hard to describe to people just how. Uh, appalling the pain is and how little you can actually do about it right so if you get invited for your vaccination go <laughs> go and exactly have no but excuses first, yeah but mike go on the website first of all get shinglesready.co.uk go on the website and, and find all out, uh, out everything about it okay now well, the answer to that may may well be on the website but if you're unlucky you haven't yet had the vaccine and um, you think you might have the symptoms or you think, you you know, you're worried that you might have shingles coming on. What do you do? What's the, what's the first thing see you your should med- do? Your medical professional, see your doctor, see your chemist, see your pharmacist. And, uh, you know, they are the medical professions. They are the people who will steer you in the right direction and they will have the, the knowledge to tell you what it is or isn't. I and mean, I hadn't a clue what I was suffering from until I saw my doctor and the doctor said that shingles. 
Because yeah. I think part of it, actually, it can be quite scary if you don't know what it is and you've got this kind of rash, which is painful, which is sort of a, a weird thing to have. It's just a bit alarming. Yeah, I did. Um, between the first bout of shingles and the second, I was doing a documentary on um, the homeless and I was filming rough sleepers and I came out in a terrible rash that was itching and that just turned out to be fleas. But I did go straight to the doctor. I don't know what's worse. Would you have been better off with? All I know is I cannot look at my son's wedding album now because I mean I was like Quasimodo in this, and that was with having had a, a makeup artist on the day to, to try and cover me up there. But it's awful. You feel awful, Mike. Thing is, there's other things that go wrong with you as well. I mean, your whole spirit, your whole energy is down. You know, you're not right. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. only really talked about the, the rash, the tingling, um, burning, painful rash. Perhaps we should, which is worse, bad enough, but maybe we should just uh, mention some other symptoms. Well, I don't know. I felt, I mean, you know, maybe a bit below par. I just remember the main symptom I had was shock, looking in the mirror, and I'm thinking, my face is my fortune. What's going to happen to me now? And um, the, the blisters were quite scary. They were really quite scary from my point of view. But outside that, I didn't really feel anything. Two weeks after it, they, they eventually dried up and there were scabs there, whatever, and they, they went away. And luckily, I don't know about you, Janet, but I didn't reach, uh, have any sort of aftermath with it. No, I haven't got any scars from when I've had it at all. All I remember is a, a complete depression, really, really depressed, depressed. Mm-hmm. Felt very, very low indeed. No energy for work. And I was supposed to be doing like a comedy late night show and getting laughs when you feel like that. It's not, I mean, it required all my acting ability. I bet that bloke you were shouting at about the block footpath wished you had shingles at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Thank you very much. Not even him. All right. So you, you just, just to finish with you, you mentioned a website. Uh, mm-hmm. Mention that again. GetShinglesReady.co.uk is the GSK website. You can on that tells you all about the vaccine, what it'll do, and whether you're eligible and how to recognise if you've got shingles. Right. And so this vaccine is uh, on the NHS. So presumably, um, I'm assuming, uh, I'm hoping. And uh, I, I'm assuming that the NHS website gives you some good information as well. Yes, that's true. Okay, so search shingles NHS and you'll find something useful as well. All right, so really, if you're invited for the vaccine, go and get the vaccine and save yourself a lot of bother. So, um, oh, don't, don't even wait for the invite. Do what I do. Don't wait for an invite. Just go on the website. Make sure you're eligible. If you're eligible, apply for it. Go on your doctor's website. Okay. All right. Perfect advice there. So, um, Janet and Eamon, thank you very much indeed for chatting. It's much appreciated. And last time um, we spoke, Eamon, I seem to remember I was trying to sell you a, a back app chair, um, which is good for your back. Now you've fallen down the stairs. Perhaps I'll have to have a chat with you later on. I've got a wonderful chair. You press buttons, it lifts you up, brings you down again. I've even got a Stana stair lift. That's how bad it all is. Oh, my but, goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I can't, we've got 29 stairs to get up. I can't do it. And it's a spiral staircase. And, um, 
you know, my wife, she's a nurse, she nurses me. She nurses me the way Nurse Ratchet nurses people. <laughs> one flew over the triplets. You You're going to be in trouble. trouble. Well, yeah, you are going to be in trouble, Wayne. Lacks Janet. She lacks the empathy. Gene. That's what Peter says about me. Yeah, you don't see, like that. See, but but all she has to do is been caring and lovely. And then I say to her things like, "Could you get me that, please? Or could you could I get you that? What? Could I get? Could you get me the TV control? Could I get you the TV control? What? And I look at her and think, what's she talking about? And then I realize I have to say the word to be like the dog and spare a sausage or something. I have to say, please, please, may I, please, can I get, so I have to say please 3000 times a day. Basically. Good. You're learning. Hey, You're hey, being I, reprogrammed. I, I, <laughs> look, I, I, I hope you get better. Uh, I, yes. I, and, and I, I hope that, um, you manage to get the TV remote controller one way or another, but certainly okay, for now. Thank you very much indeed for Thank you, Mike. chatting. Much appreciated. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Dr. Roger Henderson is a GP and health broadcaster. He's been a practicing NHS GP at the sharp end for uh, around 40 years, so he's very experienced. And today I spoke to him about uh, skin, um, particularly with regards to eczema and psoriasis. But I started off by saying that I had this idea, I can't remember where I heard it, maybe I learned it at school, that actually our skin is our biggest organ. It is. Now, and, and if you were to sort of ask the man on the Clapham omnibus, what's your biggest organ? Many people would go, oh, it's me heart, or it's me liver. Um, but it is our skin. And and. When you start sort of drilling down into some of the fun facts about the skin, it, it's really quite something. You know, it covers about two square metres of us. Um, we've got about uh, 11 miles of blood vessels in it. And and here's the kicker. It weighs about nine pounds. And you wouldn't think, you know, you're, you're lugging wow. around this, this load of skin. And it's constantly renewing. It renews itself every month, every 28 days. So... It gets rid of nine pounds, you know, every year. I hate to bring this up, you know, if anybody's listening and eating, um, but every minute, every minute, we're shedding about 40,000 skin cells as we're sitting here chatting. You know, remarkable. And and some estimates um, it, it say that half of all the dust in our skin, which we sort of, in our homes, which we happily sort of hoover around, um, is skin. And, and when, so in my house, it's probably half skin, half dog hair. But but, wow. but it, it's 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 incredible. But but one of the reasons I I sort of got interested in 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 skin, apart from it being you know essential to our health, we make our vitamin D through our skin. It helps modulate our immune system. Um, it's an amazing organ, but it's the it's the only organ we've got really that we can see. Right. And this is this is a bit of a curse. Um, because if someone has a skin problem, not only can they see it, some uh, if it's not covered up, other people can see it. Sure. And ha having said rack. that, I just want to interrupt for a moment because I think, as as far as design goes, the organ of the skin—it's a pretty good design, isn't it? It's remarkable. It is absolutely miraculous. The more you look at it, the more you realise just what it does. It is actually an indicator of our general health and, and well-being um it's crucial 
for our uh, general health and it feeds us so many hormones and chemical interactions going on just under the skin that link in uh, to the rest of our body and help reduce inflammation in our body and everything that goes with that um but yes, it manages to keep out an awful lot of nasties it, it does. It, it is. It is. It is absolutely our biggest, our biggest barrier. You know, it does what it says on the tin. It keeps the nasties out um, and it keeps uh, the rest of us in, which unfortunately is why if you get someone with a really critical burn, you know, unfortunately, the death rate is so awful because if you lose 70, 80 percent of your skin, you, you just simply can't survive that that loss. We have to have that that cover. Um, and problems with it are incredibly common i mean if the if if the um the weight of the skin wasn't a, a fun enough fact um one in four of all gp consultations a quarter are due to skin related issues so you know yeah, you think right. of diabetes heart disease absolutely one in four and in my experience that is absolutely the case now it doesn't mean that those are catastrophic dreadful skin conditions um, right. Fortunately, the majority of skin conditions are readily treatable. But in most of the consultations I've had over the years, um, probably dry skin is is the driving force behind. All right, I was going to ask you because uh, so I, I've I've been very lucky. I've got to the age of fifty seven, and I don't think I've ever been to see the doctor with a skin problem. So it's kind of off my radar. So I was going to say. Of, of these, you know, quarter of patients that come and see GPs, what what are they worried about? What are the things well, that crop the, up most often? Yeah, well, the, 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 the big driving ones, you know, your, your acnes, your eczema, your psoriasis, the unholy big three, if you like. Uh, because if you have something like atopic eczema, you're also more likely to have asthma. You're also more, almost likely to have hay fever. There's that triad that goes with that. Right. So those are the, if you like, the day-to-day -day currency uh, of, 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 of general practice, the skin. But again, many of those are through the dryness of the skin that can go with that. Not so much acne, but certainly eczema and psoriasis. And again, if someone has a visible, if there's something on their face or their hands, something that other people can see, they will often trundle down to see a GP faster than if they've got something oh. that can be hidden. Right. Um, um, and, uh, and and this is, this is, this is a real... We, we may touch on this, that the mental health impact of skin conditions is absolutely yeah. huge and, and under-recognised. I, I, I want to get back to that. I want to ask you a more basic question first, though. You've touched on eczema and psoriasis. I don't know what the difference is. Right. So, so, so um, eczema is more common. Um, around one in five children will be affected by eczema at some point. Mm -hmm. Now, the majority of those will, as we often say, grow out of it. Um, but it is a very, very common presenting complaint. And we're not quite sure what causes the typical symptoms of eczema, which we, you know, the red, dry, itchy skin that you see in eczema, people are scratching it. Um, it can weep, it can bl uh, blister, it can crust up and scale. We're not quite sure. It's a complex condition. Um, patient susceptibility, environmental factors, um, they're all in there. And also um, contacts with soaps and detergents. In a way, we are too clean. Um, and, and again, I may touch on this. Um, 
our 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 obsession to some degree with washing with soaps and and highly perfumed products um, is actually actively harming our skin. So dry skin eczema. Whereas with psoriasis, I mentioned this the turnover of of, of skin. We're reproducing our skin every twenty eight days. In psoriasis, that's when that skin turnover and production goes into overdrive. So right. we make too much. Okay. Um, again, it's, it's linked to inflammation, but that's why you get the big, thick scales that, that you sometimes see in psoriasis on people's elbows and around their knees, sometimes on their trunks. And that's just big, thick collections of skin that can't be shed. We've just made too much. Okay. Um, and, and, and is that itchy as well? It can be, but it's not as itchy often as, as dry skin eczema. One of the problems with, with psoriasis is that it can affect all the, the body, including uh, nails. Um, you can get um, quite a lot of other health problems related to it. But a, a salutary fact about psoriasis is that every year in this country, between 300 and 350 people kill themselves because of their psoriasis. Okay. And, that, and when, when I say that to people, they go, really? Absolutely. Not quite one a day, but not far off because of the impact. Now, if, if I've got a second, I want to tell you a very quick story. And, and this is one of the reasons I got into practice, into dermatology in my practice, took an interest in it. Um, years and years ago, this very nice uh, late 30s professional businessman um, uh, came to see me. He'd seen all my partners and doctors beforehand with his psoriasis, never really got to the bottom of it, came to see me more, I think, in hope than desperation because I was a senior partner. So we thought, we'll go and see the, uh, the, the, the top man, even though I wasn't the top man in the practice <laughs> in any way. Um, and I sat him down, went through all the questions and out of the blue, burst into tears. And then when that happens in practice and you've got a full waiting room and you're running late, you can do one of two things. You can say, right, let's run with this and explore why this has happened or try and shut it down and say, come back another time. And I always, in these situations, explore it. Seize the nettle. And I said, right, OK, what's happening? And long story short, he was a single man. It had psoriasis all his life. And he said all he wanted was a hug. He, he had, no, had no physical contact with anyone for 10 years. He couldn't get into a relationship because he couldn't stand the thought of anyone the next morning seeing him sweep out his bed of the skin that he shed overnight. And he was absolutely distraught. Treated his psoriasis successfully. A couple of years later, in a very happy relationship, and he's moved on and is a very, very happy family man. But that just shows the impact that skin conditions can have. There was an all-party parliamentary group uh, did a report on skin um, problems uh, two or three years ago, and it found that 97% of people who had a skin condition felt their self-esteem was impacted by it. And, and, and that's when you start to realise, OK, this is why skin is so important. And, you know, you sit down and watch your telly at night. The ad, we're bombarded by adverts about, you know, creams and lotions and lovely complexions and, you know, celebrities oh. and stars that are looking glowing and how you can sort of look wrinkle free and other nonsense like that. Um, and it is it is, feeds into our cultural thing about, you know, why our skin should be perfect. Right. So I, I, it sounds like what you're saying is that this, if anything, is, is more of a problem than the, the kind of itchiness and the annoyingness of, of having eczema or, or psoriasis. 
for many people who who do um come along to uh, gps like me with, with with a skin problem it's very often because they've reached the end of their tether and they've tried everything that they think they should be trying right. um and 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 have, have, have said no i just can't be doing with this anymore i'm so fed up and you know there may be a crisis a relationship has gone west because of it or they they don't want to go abroad on holiday because they don't want to take their top off all sorts of things like that and when you when you sort of talk to people they're actually just doing very simple things wrong so they're just looking after their skin in the wrong way thinking they're doing the right thing Right. Um, so it's a perfect, so he, perfect time to get on to what what we can do about it then, yeah. Ab absolutely. So so the three M's about looking after your skin. Moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. <laughs> moisturize your skin ideally two to three times every day. And always try to use the most greasy, non-perfumed moisturizer that you can tolerate. Okay. And this is absolutely the message from the wayside pulpit to anyone listening today, this is the key thing about skincare. So you smooth any moisturizer on in the direction of hair growth. If you know what that means. You're smoothing it yeah. along, you down your arms along the direction of hair growth. If you're using a pot of moisturizer, don't keep putting your fingers in it every time because that can become contaminating the source of infection. So take some moisturizer out with a spoon or a spatula put this on a saucer or a bit of kitchen roll or something, and then just use and use it on from there. Don't use soaps. Use moisturizers or soap substitutes. The big four to avoid, which can actively dry the skin out, soaps, bubble baths, shower gels, and detergents. Okay? Very, very important. And, and there's also a moisturizer which people can sometimes use called aqueous cream. Um, and this can be this is sometimes actually prescribed and it'd be quite be quite popular. It was originally designed and developed as a soap substitute to anyone listening using aqueous cream. Please stop. Stop today. Aqueous cream can make atopic eczema worse and it can damage the skin. We now never recommend aqueous cream as a moisturizer. So without realizing it, if you're using it, you may be making your skin worse. So, Does anyone know um, why? Do we know why? There, there are certain chemicals in it that we didn't know about before, which actively harm certain layers of the skin now. So it was, it was, it was um, produced with all good faith, and the longer we've used it, the more we've learnt about it. So you wash with a moisturiser. Um, you try and protect your hands to avoid um, irritants. If you, if you sort of got your hands in in water an awful lot or doing an awful lot of housework, um, you know. Little things that you might not think about. Wear comfortable clothes made of things like cotton and silk, if you're able to. Um, try and avoid wearing wool next to your skin, which can be very irritant. And as we all know, if you've got dry skin, it's very itchy. And if at all possible, try and resist the temptation to scratch because you get into the itch-scratch cycle and that just makes it worse. And I suspect all of us have, have, have been aware of that at at some time in the in, in the past. Yeah. Um, there's no question that some people are allergic to pets, uh, pet dander. Um, so unfortunately, if you are one of those people and get really bad eczema linked to, you know, um, Bonzo or Fifi, you may have to sort of think about, you know, where they're best placed. Um, if you're washing your clothes, use a non-biological washing powder, okay? 
use a double rinse cycle to remove any detergents from clothing. And if you do have eczema, try and keep cool because overheating um, makes eczema worse. Um, but moisturizing is, is the key thing. Now, it may be the point where you need to sort of moisturize three, four, five times a day. And it can be a bit of a pain you know, to start off to get things under control and get your dry skin under control. But if you do that and you avoid the soaps and the bubble baths and the detergents, you very quickly find you can just come down to once a day. And even if your skin comes back to exactly where you'd want it, keep that once a daily moisturizing regime going, because many people find if they stop it, they start to slide back to square one again. But moisturizing your skin is absolutely key. All right. Let me just ask you about some of the creams, because when you look at some, some of the adverts for your face creams, yeah. not only do these little jars cost, well, in some cases, hundreds of pounds. On, on on the on the side, they're full of all sorts of things like contains a wonderful amino acid, which is essential for your skin. But as, as we've just said, the skin is a great barrier. It's very good at keeping things out. So kind of yeah. rubbing this stuff on, hoping that this amino acid will somehow magically get incorporated into your skin and get rid of all the all the wrinkles. Sounds a bit far-fetched to me as as Joe Public. Um, what, what, what do you think about this stuff? I've got to be very careful what I say here. As a blunt northern man, I can, I can put my foot in it sometimes. <laughs> um, a, a, absolutely. Your skin has no idea whether you are putting a simple um, emollient that's two or three pounds in, in cost to one that's a hundred pounds. And quite frankly, um, the, the simplest and the cheapest is as good as you need. Um, the, the fundamental treatment, if you're, if you're trying to moisturize your skin, is called complete emollient therapy. And then the goal of it is to keep skin well moisturized all the time to help repair your skin barrier and keep your skin working as it should. And basically, I describe that as everything that goes on the skin should be an emollient or moisturizer. And all soaps should be replaced with moisturizing or emollient wash products. And the key principle is use a soap emollient or an emollient to wash with. And then you follow it after your bath or your shower by application of a leave-on emollient. Okay. Now, right. there are creams, there are lotions, there are all types of different, different types, ointments, bath oils. Um, but the key thing is that these are um, simple. They are preservative Free. They are fragrance free because you know, fragrances are fragrant in them because of added chemicals. Oh. And for what it's worth, I tend to use myself a particular um, uh, moisturizing range um, called the Aproderm range. And I use that because they are um, uh, vegan friendly. They are additive free. They are designed to be the simplest, most basic um, emollients that work across a whole range of dry skin conditions and you can get those um, you can buy those yourself or you can get them from your doctor um, but the key thing is keep it simple so sort of to answer the specific question with those fancy adverts that I'll be watching on my tv tonight um, I do tend to sort of have to have an extra slurp of wine when I'm, I'm, I'm watching those to keep my blood pressure down okay <laughs> fair enough um, <laughs> let's put that to one side um, what about diet because 
so my my son is 13 when he was a bit smaller he did actually have a bit of eczema it was never that bad and we used to buy goat milk for him now i don't know if this was all in the mind uh, whether it really did help him but our impression was that it did seem to or at least not make it any worse uh and potentially help him a little bit what what kind of dietary advice do you give it's it, it's a very it's a very common question and, and and the short answer is it probably makes relatively little if impact on 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 our skin the slightly longer answer is it makes relatively little impact but there are some people who seem uh, to have um healthier skin if they follow a certain diet but that's just individual to them there is no particular healthy skin diet what i would say is as the largest organ in the body the healthiest diet that we can eat anyway in other words for example like the mediterranean diet and you're eating a sort of low fat um high protein low ultra processed food diet we're just you know eating fresh fruit and veg keeping hydrated all the usual suspects the more you can do that the greater the chances are that your skin will thank you for it and be healthy uh, there's actually you, you mentioned sort of the, the, the milk there's no definitive evidence at the moment that organic dairy products uh, or help reduce the risk of eczema um, another one that eating fish oil in pregnancy um, helps prevent eczema there's no evidence at the moment that that's actually statistically correct but um, there's no question that some people find um, if they if they do cut down things like dairy their skin seems to improve and that's just peculiar to them and you can have genuine um, dairy intolerance um, where if you have dairy products your skin will react but that is a relatively small number of people so in, in a nutshell the healthiest diet you can eat is the one that's right for your skin oh, okay one thing that we did notice that definitely had an effect was uh, as a kid and, and still now but well he's only 13 but when he was younger he used to like swimming a lot mm. now in a swimming pool uh, he'd have great fun, but all the chlorine and that, uh, it, it wasn't that great for him. No, and, and it's it's um, it's um a really common trigger. Um, kids love swimming. Um, you and I love swimming as kids. Um, very, very um, chemical uh, water when you're swimming in a, in, a, in a swimming pool. And it is actively drying and it is actively damaging to the skin um so the thing to do if, if you've got a kid that loves swimming yep they should be swimming great more exercise you can get the better but just make sure that they shower well afterwards and that they have you know a soap free um emollient shower um gel that they can use that keeps their skin from drying out and they use a moisturizer maybe when they get home or at, at bedtime that day so don't stop your kids swimming but it is a well-known factor for dry skin in, in children especially the more swimming that they do yeah. OK. Now, this this next point I want to make is, is going to sound a bit negative. It's not meant to. But so putting on the creams, which, you know, it stops the, the itching and makes things feel better and look better. Is it it's kind of dealing with the symptoms, isn't it? Because, uh, as you said, for a lot of these things, no one really knows quite why they get set off. Does has, has any work been done? Does anyone know about root causes of these things? Is it? In your genetics or something? There, there is a genetic element. There's no question. You know, if, if your parents have, have, have atopic eczema or psoriasis, you're probably more likely to have a tendency to it uh, yourself. Uh, the environment is definitely becoming more 
of an of a, of a factor than it was say 30 40 years ago again probably due to the amount of uh, of a product that we put on our skin perhaps the amount of uh, of washing that we do uh, of, of our skin i'm quite a big fan of, of when i was little my kids were little of, of getting them as dirty as possible um getting them into in, into the dirt and getting some some immunity sort of from that um but it is multifactorial um but our modern lifestyles probably including things like central heating you know and and, and the clothes we wear probably work against our skin uh, rather than rather than for it okay all right well you, you've you, you've you've given um us lots of ideas on you know, the, the way to reduce the effect of having having these um, situations of eczema and psoriasis. Um, so very helpful. Um, if people want to find out a bit more, if you know, if you're a sufferer and you're actually sort of thinking, okay, can I just is is there a go to website? I don't know. Does the NHS have a good website or just another resource which might be useful? Uh, I know you've started a, a podcast about dermatology. Tell us, tell us a bit about that, and also if there are other websites and what have you. Yeah, the NHS is 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 a very sound one. Um, the British Dermatology Association is is absolutely super. Uh, and if you want to sort of go and look at things in depth, that's the, that's the place to go. But one of the reasons why you know uh, I started that the, there are two podcasts uh, on 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 skin issues. Um, was that in the modern world, we are better informed. You know, we have more access to more health information at the click of a mouse than at any time in history. But it doesn't mean we're better educated. You know, there is there is the tyranny of choice now um, from, from, from the age of the Internet. And so you get such conflicting information about what is right for your skin and what is wrong for your skin. You can almost pick anything that you want to see out of the Internet. And so I thought, well, right, let's actually get some clarity of thought here. Let's get some really um, clear, concise, sensible, bite-sized information for people with certain the common skin conditions and any questions they might have. And so I started the podcast and I, I started this with another GP called Dr. George Moncrief. And George is to, to, to really the the um, the godfather of, of, of skin uh, conditions in primary care. And I've known George for many years and he's probably forgotten more dermatology than I've, I've ever learned. But between us, we, we have these two podcasts. Now, one is called Skin Deep. Now, that's the one for um, the general public. And anyone that's interested uh, in general skin problems, skin deep. And there's another one called Rash Decisions, and that's aimed at healthcare professionals. But anyone can listen to either. So, so any member of the public can listen to the the Rash Decisions one. But we just go into a bit more detail in that one. And at the moment, we just finished the first series of recordings. That's coming out every three weeks. A second series has already been commissioned on the back of its success, which is great. And that's going to be every fortnight. And we're going to be having special guests involved and, and, and push things out and have um, listeners Q&As. So it's very, very popular. Um, but this is one of the reasons why we decided to put it together, just to give if someone thought, right, what can I go and listen to where I know I'm going to get really sound, common sense, practical advice. That's where we are with those. And that's why I've got involved. And I'm so happy to be doing them because the feedback is great, as I say. Good. Right. Well, that sounds like a very worthwhile exercise, uh, as was this. So, um, Dr. Henderson, thank you very much indeed for taking a few minutes to chat to me. It's much appreciated. And you, Mike. It's great to see you. And uh, thank you to everyone listening. And I hope you found it really helpful.
Thank you very much indeed to my guests this week. They were Janet Street Porter and Eamon Holmes talking about shingles, then Dr. Roger Henderson talking about our skin, in particular eczema and psoriasis. And of course, a big thank you to you for listening and have a healthy week. Until next week. Thanks for listening to the Relax Back UK show. Join me, Mike Dilk, again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, please subscribe, like, and share it with your family and friends. And have a healthy week. Until next week.